Chapter 4, How to Win the War on Waste in 90 Days, No Blame. The war on waste begins with an idea. It doesn't matter the size of the company. If you want to find out what's wrong with the company, listen to an employee's idea. The idea is not just any idea. It is an idea that identifies a waste in one of the business processes. In our definition, the war on waste is a company-wide affair. Everyone participates, and all parts of the company are open for review. No part is spared. It is one time that in the company that it is okay to pass judgment on the inefficiencies of a neighboring department. The war on waste methodology brings teams together of different groups. It guides these project teams on how to analyze a waste by finding out how much inefficiency it contributes to the company in actual dollars. In fact, we believe so strongly in this concept of no blame that we trademarked it. The no blame symbol is intended to symbolize to our clients and their employees that we're going to drive change in their company and we're going to do it by invoking no blame. It is change without reprisal. The initial focus begins with no blame. No blame is at the root of this methodology. No one blames anyone to ensure that all suggestions for improvement have a chance to get a fair hearing. We don't want to blame anyone for a problem. We want to find out why, what, when, where, and how, but we don't care about who. If we want to solve a problem, or improve a process, we can't blame people for creating the problem. We just need to fix it. People want to help. They're willing to help, but they aren't going to help if it means they're going to lose their job. This is a concern at all the companies where we have delivered the war on waste. People are insecure about offering ideas if their manager or foreman is going to make their life miserable as a result. So the idea of no blame or no reprisal allows these folks to venture up to the table of risk and offer suggestions to eliminate a waste. And when they are rewarded and praised for their ideas, boy, is that ever exciting. Perhaps the most important thing that can be pointed out about no blame is this. The idea is the root of any change, and no blame is its protector. This is like the freedom of speech. Without the freedom of speech for people to assemble, to listen to your free speech, free speech is neutered. No blame then is to an idea what freedom of assembly is to freedom of speech. The U.S. Bill of Rights was framed with a very simple understanding of what was necessary to ensure a free democracy. The Bill of Rights lays down the law very clearly on the relationship of free speech to freedom of assembly. One of the problems with the Chinese dilemma at Tiananmen Square was that the Chinese were touting to the world that they had free speech. And when someone began to exercise their newly found power, it was abruptly curtailed by forbidding 
freedom of assembly. So in our view, if you want to improve a business, if, you need, if it needs to change, then ideas are necessary and ideas must be protected in our approach with no blame. Ideas. John Steinbeck once said, an idea is a solitary moment. If you think about it, that is probably true. But when an idea is shared with others, a good idea can grow to become a great idea. We encourage the, encourage the sharing of ideas in the war on waste for precisely that reason. But ideas don't survive in most companies because there are obstacles in the way. We have discussed some of those obstacles in the segment on Black Knights. Black Knights are idea obstructors. They get in the way of ideas. We trademarked no blame to make sure that all ideas had a chance to get a hearing. No blame gives someone with an idea enough courage to step forward and put it on the table for consideration. I like to think of myself as an idea protector. If anyone gets in the way of an idea during the war on waste, our facilitators are there to ensure that the idea is given fair consideration. We are particularly on the alert for black knights and others who want to stifle an idea before it has a chance to get support or to minimum some consideration. In our recent experience, we have found a way to approach the negative aspects of our dealings with black knights. When we thought about it, we could almost guarantee a fight with at least one company black knight. In a large corporation, they were everywhere. And it wasn't a fair fight because we always won over the long haul because we didn't fight with them unless the CEO agreed to support us. I guess my feisty nature made the challenge a fun one. But our goal wasn't to engage Black Knights. It was to help the company become more profitable. And so we changed our tack. We realized that helping employees achieve respect in their work was a nobler quest than fighting black knights. During the war on waste, we helped employees gain respect. And that was the premium achievement. But we wanted to neutralize the black knights and make innovation and improvement of the tribal knowledge part of the culture of the company. And we could do it if we trained executives and managers alike to include improvement of tribal knowledge as a touchstone of the company's management paradigm. I'm going to discuss this in more detail throughout this book, but my business associate George Sybald and I have covered it in more detail in a recently released book entitled The Tribal Knowledge Paradigm. This change of management is different, but it guides managers and executives to look at their primary jobs as twofold managing to improve profits and acknowledging improvements in tribal knowledge as it aligns with company mission. This new paradigm encourages learning. We know that the process of learning involves students asking questions, getting answers, and testing the depth of their knowledge with new ideas. Whether this learning environment is a workplace or a primary school, New ideas and questions 
need to be treated as sacred. If an idea comes up, it must be respected. That is integral to the tribal knowledge paradigm. So during the war on waste, we set up the Tribal Knowledge Council to be the point of entry of ideas, any ideas, in the com into the company. And we set it up so that it reports to the CEO. The reason for this is that this gives everyone the understanding that ideas are important. And in a learning corporation, ideas are to be respected and protected. This is the end of the first part of Chapter 4.